Um, quickly, before this handsome man brings the, the word um, that's going to challenge you, I know, um, I just wanted to do a quick introduction. My name is Dina, and this is my wonderful husband, Jimmy, and we get the privilege of being missionaries to missionaries. Um, so what we do is uh, we are the director of project management with Builders International. So imagine you are a missionary in the middle of Ecuador. Um, as a great example, you um, are ministering to over 600 villages um, of the Shuar Indians, the, the head shrinker. I'm sure you guys have heard of them. And you see people start to come to the Lord. And the amazing thing is that people like to hear from their own people. They like to see change in their own people. And so they see their own coming to know Jesus. And those are the exact people that are going to go share to the villages and impact them the most. So what you want to do is you want to open up a Bible school that's going to teach them the Word of God, that's going to teach them how to go to those 600 villages. How do you do that? You're in the middle of Ecuador. All of your funds are in the U.S., the people that you know that are going to be able to make that happen, make that what God's placed on your heart happen. That's where Builders International comes in. We get to partner with missionaries to come to people like you to say, you know what, there is a need and help them meet that need. So that's what we get the privilege of doing. Um, and really quickly, I'm gonna share with you, we have five children. I think there's a picture of three of them. The, the three youngest are the ones that actually get any kind of, nope, that's not them. <laughs> <laughs> we adopted that lady. <laughs> that's them. <laughs> <laughs> the, <laughs> oh. Sorry. <laughs> That was awesome. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's a whole other story. Uh, so this is Taylor James, our 15-year-old. Julia, who is our 17-year-old, who is a freshman in college um, up in, at the University of Alaska, Fairbanks, studying to be um, a teacher. And then our youngest is Drew. Um, he is in eighth grade. Our two oldest are uh, married, and they don't get in the picture. Um, <laughs> But they, they, uh, they are doing wonderful. They're both married and, and have started our oldest daughter. She um, is a worship pastor in Fairbanks, Alaska. And her and her husband have started a nonprofit called the Gear Up Project. Um, so you'll see that there is a legacy of um, helping missionaries. They're, they're, a nonprofit is a, um, their, their focus is to send missionaries um, in, a, in the remote villages of Alaska. They send them, provide them with gear, whatever it is that they need. Imagine it's, um, you know, you go buy your North Face jacket at, you know, Cabela's or wherever, and um, then you go to the villages of Alaska, and it's 60 below, and it's not quite the, the gear that you need. So they help mm. provide that. Um, they also uh, send monthly subscription boxes to missionaries um, to give them the little things that they can't normally get in the villages of Alaska. So they are, um, started that and doing that well, and, and then our son Jake, who um, he, they are actually, him and his wife Hannah have just come on full-time with the Gear Up Project. So that's, uh, that's kind of our story, and he is going to bring the word, and I know you guys are going to be blessed. Thanks, Thanks so much babe. for having us. Thank you. Thank you. We... Um, we, we graciously call this, and did I do something wrong? Is this on? I'm good. Beautiful. We call this our COVID picture. Um, we're all spread out. 
Uh, so I like to explain that because people are like, do you not love one another? You're not close. Every other missionary's huddled up. Uh, so our son, our oldest son, had this idea when we were doing family pictures to take a walking picture, uh, which put them on the outside, which made a perfect prayer card, uh, and uh, it worked out great. So we call it our COVID picture, but hey, Pastor uh, Andrew and Kelly, thank you so much. It's a, such an honor and a privilege to be here today, and uh, Pastor Mike and Melissa, um, we've known you forever, and we, we love you. Thanks so much. What a great church family. Just uh, in the folks that we met yesterday and today already. And uh, man, what an incredible church you have. And to hear the testimonies, I'm sitting on the front row. And, and you'll know by the end of this, I'm a crier uh, probably uh, somewhere in here. Uh, but I'm sitting here and my wife looks at me and she said, that is a whole family getting baptized. And I just began to weep because God is so good of what he's doing in this house. Uh, man, what an amazing spirit here, presence here. And uh, man, I might call y'all home from now on. Uh, man, this is great. We love it. We're relocating, babe. Uh, to Mint Hill, North Carolina. Uh, but man, what a blessing to be here. Thank you so much. As Dina shared, we love to serve in missions. We're globally assigned. We go all over the world and just build churches, schools, orphanages, medical facilities, whatever uh, people need, uh, missionaries need. We partner with them and help them build projects all around the world. And we have such an honor uh, to, to leave a fingerprint all over the world uh, because God is good. His grace is good. We don't deserve what we do. Uh, but God lets us do it, and we are so honored to be able to do so. And, you know, I, I began to think about missions, and, and we'd ask the Lord, Lord, give us, a, uh, give us a word for your church. What does it look like, uh, man, to leave a fingerprint around the world as an individual and as a church? And, and, and what does it look like for us to make a difference in our own city? What does it look like for us to make a difference all around the world? What can we do? What can one individual do? What can one family do? What can one church family do? And, and, and how do we achieve that? And, and often I say it, it, it's a 10,000 foot view or a 30,000 foot view. It comes down to our perspective. It comes down to how we see things. And it, for us, we served over 21 years in the, in, in the church world, uh, serving as youth pastor, associate pastor, executive pastor, and, and in everything that we did, it was always out of a heart for missions. Man, when we were with youth, we loved missions, so we taught our, our students about missionaries, and we taught them about praying for missionaries, and we taught them about giving to missionaries, and we taught them about going and serving, and we would take teenagers on missions trips all over the world, and then as associate and executive, we said for the whole church, what does that look like for us? How are we going to make an impact and a difference in our own city and around the world? And we did the exact same thing with adults. It was always a part, and we always said, God, if you'll call us, we'll go. Wherever you say, we'll say yes. And I love the songs and the worship team. What a great spirit this morning. Man, what talent that they're using for God's glory. And man, what a, man, you, you guys are so spoiled. Uh, you have no idea. Well, you might have an idea, but you guys are so spoiled. Uh, and, and, and what a blessing it is. But we just said, God, whatever you say, we'll say yes. And, and really, as we begin to, to look at and we begin to unpackage why is that our heart, and why is that our spirit, and why is that the spirit of so many, and why is that the spirit of this house? Man, incredible. Mike began, Pastor Mike began to share the story of, of the last three years and what you guys have done for missions, and incredible. And then the one day, and let's give up a salary for a day, and let's feed the hungry, and let's do something. And the people in your community and the people in your church that say, hey, I'll match. 
If that'll encourage people to give, I'll match whatever they give. And then a pastor, I hear stories about Pastor Andrew and his heart where a missionary will say, I have this need, and he'll say, okay, we'll meet it. Why? Because you guys are generous. You're generous with your time. You're generous with your finances. You're generous with your skills and your talents that God has given you. But what's all that about? Why do we do that? Why does this church, why are you, why are you guys doing what you do? And it's all because you want to leave a legacy. It's not about us. It's not about what we can build for ourselves. It's not what we can do for ourselves, but what can we do for the kingdom? We walked in and said, holy cow, we love this place. What a beautiful facility. But can I tell you, the heart behind the facility isn't so that you can just have a beautiful facility. The heart behind it is because you're planted in a community for a purpose and for a reason, and you want to fulfill that, and God's blessed you with this facility to do that. Why? Because... Greater Life Church is going to leave a legacy in North Carolina. Greater Life Church is going to leave a legacy across the United States. And Greater Life Church is going to leave a legacy around the world. Why? Because you've caught the heart of God. What's the heart of God? The heart of God is souls. So you have teenagers who say, I'm giving my life. And says, I'm making a commitment. Today is my public acknowledgement of my faith. And why am I going to do that? Because Jesus is everything to me. You have a family that says, together we're going to serve Jesus and we're going to answer the call. And we're going to say yes, whatever he asks of us. Because greater life is leaving a legacy. Can I tell you today, though? A legacy. A legacy is what we leave when we leave. A legacy is what we leave when we leave. It's what people remember when we're gone. Often families and and parents say, okay, I'm going to leave a legacy of a a large bank account or I'm going to leave a legacy of some property. I'm going to leave a legacy. And and we think of the material things that we can leave, but that's not what a legacy is. A legacy is what we leave when we leave. It's the memories. It's the stories of a life that was changed of what we've done to make an impact with what God has given us. Legacies aren't built on good intentions. Where's Clyde? Clyde. I'm talking to Clyde down here, and I told him, you're preaching my message to me at the altar because he said, listen, this is what God has asked us to do, and we've answered, and we've said yes. Why? Because, because we can't make a difference by just good intentions. And I said, Clyde, you're going to hear that phrase I don't know how many times today because that's our heart because we want to leave a legacy. What's leaving a legacy? A legacy is making a difference and changing a world, and we can't do that with just good intentions. We can have the best intentions in the world, but that doesn't change a world. So there's a question that's often in my mind and in my heart that I ask, and when you leave here today, I want it to be a question that's burned inside of you. And that question is this, what about my life without, will outlive me? What about my life will outlive me? Is everything in my life about me, or am I doing something that goes beyond me? I want to encourage you today that if you still have breath in your lungs, you still have purpose on your life, and you still have a legacy to leave. Serving in the church world for so many years, and I know it's not here, but some of the people, I I forget what you call them, the greater years or your older generation here, we call them prime timers at our church for so long, and there's all kinds of names, but the truth is they're, they're the ones that we stand on their shoulders because they helped us build what's here today. But I would have conversations with our prime timers, our greater life folks in our church, and, and I would ask as an executive, and we're trying to get stuff done, and I would say, hey, can you serve here? And they said, hey, Pastor Jimmy, you know, we did our time, and we served our time, and 
man, we, we just want to sit and enjoy what God's doing here. And I would look at them and I would say, no, no, it doesn't work that way. God's given you breath. You have life. You have something to give. Why? Because there's a legacy to be left. As long as there's a moment left on this earth, there's something that we can do. And the truth is, we're all created with this desire inside of us. God's given this desire to do something bigger than we are. God's given us this desire to be a part of something greater than we could do on our own. And every one of us is created with that. And if we look back into the Bible, there was a young man today I, I, I want us to look at in Ecclesiastes chapter 2. His name's King Solomon. And he had that desire that's built up inside of him. And there's something inside of him, and, and, and we look at his life, and, you know, uh, King Solomon was the smartest and the richest guy in the world. God had blessed him. He had access to absolutely anything and everything that he could want. If he could dream it up, he could have it. Anything he wanted, he could get. And then where we pick it up in Ecclesiastes chapter 2 is this. He's down in the dumps. He's bored with life. He can have anything he wants. He can do anything he wants, and he finds himself bored with life. So we're going to pick it up in Ecclesiastes chapter 2, starting in verse 3. He says this, I tried cheering myself with wine and embracing folly, my mind still guiding me with wisdom. I wanted to see what was good for people to do under the heavens during the days of their lives. I undertook great projects. I built houses for myself. I planted vineyards. I made gardens and parks, and I planted all kinds of fruit trees in them. He's like, you know, I've always heard people say, I just wish I could have my dream house, and then he realizes I can. So he begins to build this house, and he attaches vineyards to it. Anything he could dream up, he added to it, but yet it wasn't satisfying. So verse 8, he says, I amassed silver and gold for myself. And the treasure of kings and provinces, I acquired male and female singers and a harem as well, the delights of a man's heart. I became greater by far than anyone in Jerusalem before me. In all this, my wisdom stayed with me. I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. My heart took delight in all my labor, and this was the reward for my toil. Yet when I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. And as we read those verses, we realize he, he, he's begun to think about this me, me, me idea. That everything has been about him, but yet he's starting to think about the legacy that he's leaving. Okay, I have this, but what are people going to remember? What difference does what I have make? How does that fulfill this desire that's inside of me? So he starts thinking about his legacy. In verse 16, he says this, For the wise, like the fool, will long be remembered. The days have already come when both have been forgotten. All this stuff is about me. And I imagine in my mind at this point that the Bible doesn't say this, but this is what I think in his mind. He's saying, you know, that I'm on the path to be the richest, fastest, forgotten person in human history. I've amassed all this for me, but what does that matter? How does that fulfill this desire in my heart? So verse 17, he says this, So I hated life because the work that was done under the sun was grievous to me. All of it is meaningless, a chasing after the wind. He's saying, I'm wasting my life. I'm not doing anything that matters. So his conclusion in verse 26 is this, To the person who pleases God, God gives wisdom, knowledge, and happiness. 
But to the sinner, he gives the task of gathering and storing up wealth to hand it over to the one who pleases God. His conclusion was this, I need God. I need to be about God's business. I need to build his kingdom. I need to be involved in his mission. He's the only way I'm going to find purpose in this world. And can I tell you today, if you're unsatisfied, if you're living life and you're unsatisfied, then find purpose in God, not in stuff. Find purpose in God, not in your job. Find purpose in God, not in what you have or what you can do, but in who you are in him and what he wants you to do with your life. God knows we're in the same boat as King Solomon was. So what does he do? He sends his son to die on a cross to pay a price for our sins so we can celebrate today those who step and lean into salvation in him. So today we get the opportunity to say, I want that, I need that. I, I, I want that relationship with God. But before he did that, he said this. He said, life is short. And I know you have this craving, this desire inside of you to leave a legacy. So he says, I'm going to tell you how to do it. So he gives us some principles to live the life that he's called us to live and to leave the legacy that he's placed before us. And, and we get those principles from the Great Commandment and the Great Commission. Matthew chapter 22 says this, starting in verse 36 through 39. He says, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. He says, you want to leave, leave a great legacy? Then love God and love your neighbor. So here's the funny part about the disciples, because they make me feel good about myself. Uh, because sometimes I'm very hard-headed, and, and sometimes I don't make the best choices in life. And my wife said amen under her breath um, right there. Uh, but the disciples make me feel good, because you have Jesus in there telling you what the greatest commandment is. And then a couple of disciples begin to argue over which one of them are going to be the greatest. And I'm like, you missed the whole point there, but you make me feel good about myself. So they begin to argue, and Jesus turns their idea of greatness upside down. In Matthew 28, 19 through 20, he says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you, and surely I am with you until the very end of the age. So he says, you want to do something that matters, which is a part of who we all are. We have that craving, that desire in us. You want to do something that matters. Here's, here's the secret. The secret to leaving a great legacy is to love God, to love others, and to reach the lost. Love God, love others, and reach the lost. Remember I told you that leaving a great legacy isn't built on good intentions. We can have the best intentions in the world and can I tell you this morning, the great commandment and the great commission, love God, love people, and reach the lost, sometimes those become good intentions in our life, even good church people, even those of us that have served God for so many years in our life, they become good intentions for us. I believe this, I believe we should start with three thoughts every single day, and I try to wake up every morning and allow these to be the thoughts that run through my mind that I begin my day with. And those thoughts are this, how am I going to love God more today? How am I going to love others more today? How am I going to invest or reach the lost today? When we live on purpose for a purpose, when our heart, when our job, when our life, when our family, when all that becomes more than just a good intention for us, when these principles become more 
than just a good intention for us, then we can leave the legacy God's intended for us to leave. Good intentions don't leave good legacies. We have to do what Jesus told us to do. And the first one was this, to love God. What's some practicals to love God? It's just listening. It's listening to God. How do we listen to God? We listen by reading his word. We listen by sitting in solitude. We listen by allowing others to pour uh, into our lives through the spirit of God as he enables them. We take time and we talk to God. We pray and we begin to speak to God. We praise God. We thank God. We spend time in worship. We learn and lean into God. You know, all this seems so simple and basic, but remember, good intentions don't leave great legacies. We can have the best intentions to love God, but yet we schedule him out of our day. Loving God can't just be a good intention in our lives. Have any of these things become good intentions for you? Because good intentions don't leave good legacies. It's our love for God that begins to change the legacy that we leave. Can I tell you, at the age of 14, I'll share briefly my story real quick. At the age of 14... The only time I heard Jesus and God was in a cuss word. I didn't grow up in a Christian family. I didn't grow up where we were taught about Jesus. We had a giant family Bible that sat on the coffee table that never got moved. But nobody ever told us about Jesus in our home. So at the age of 14, I'm playing basketball with my best friend across the street and, and on a Wednesday, and he says, you're coming to church with me tonight. And I said, no, I'm not. He said, come on, come to church with me. And I said, no. And this goes on the entire time we're playing basketball. And his mom, Miss Evelyn, walks out of the house, and she looks at me, and she says, you're going to church tonight. And I said, yes, ma'am, uh, because uh, that's Miss Evelyn. Uh, they, yes, ma'am, I'm going to church. As a 14-year-old, I got in her 19... Uh, uh, 03 Toyota Caressida or whatever it was. It had over a half a million miles on it, and we drove to church that night. And uh, I heard the gospel for the first time that I can ever remember, and I accepted Jesus into my life, and the legacy of my family and my future changed that night. Why? Because Miss Evelyn believed in me. Because Miss Evelyn said, I'm not going to live with just good intentions in my life. Miss Evelyn said a life can be changed and I want to be a part of that. And I became a link in her legacy. I became a part of her legacy. Why? Because she wouldn't take no for an answer. Because of our pursuit after God and the choices we make, we can change the course of history for others. We can change the course of history for others. So we love God and we love people. What does that look like? What we do for ourselves dies with us. What we do for others lives beyond us. What we do for ourselves dies with us, but what we do for others live uh, uh, beyond us. Remember the conversation the disciples were having about who was going to be the greatest, and we looked at Matthew, uh, and we saw Jesus' response there, and it it was all about the Great Commission at that moment. But we're going to look in Mark, because Mark records it a little bit different. Mark chapter 9 and verse 34 and 35, he says, But they they kept quiet because on the way they had argued about who was the greatest. Sitting down, Jesus called the twelve and said, Anyone who wants to be first must be very last and the servant of all. You want to leave a great legacy? Start serving people. Start being generous with people. Good intentions don't leave a great legacy. What does that look like? That looks like a great, uh, greater life. Man, we serve. We're a part. Uh, we met your wonderful, amazing first impressions. Uh, leader, And she's sitting there and said, you know, I'm not an outgoing person, but God gave me something to do, and I'm doing it. And she's doing an incredible job, I hear. Why? Because she says, I, I, I want to love people. I want to live on purpose, for purpose. 
Maybe it's serving and, and leading a small group. Maybe it's been a part of the serve team. Maybe it's part of a, a, a small group somewhere. Maybe it's a part of the men's or the women's ministry. Maybe it's a part of the million outreaches that you guys have, which I absolutely love. It's amazing. Why? Because it's about loving others. Love God. Love others. I told you about Miss Evelyn. Miss Evelyn's now 863 years old, and she's still going strong. Honest to God truth, if I'm going on a mission trip and it's a team trip, she goes with me. And uh, she's a retired school teacher. Uh, and, and can I tell you, she's left a legacy. As a school teacher, her classroom and the families of every student that she taught was her mission field. And she loved on them. And there are kids all over the world today that went through her classroom that are serving Jesus in full-time ministry, making a difference. Each one of them is a link in her legacy. Why? Because she cared enough. Can I tell you today, if, whenever Miss Evelyn dies, if the Lord tarries, whenever she passes away at 183,000 years old or whenever it is, Miss Evelyn passes away. Um, we don't tell her where we're speaking because if I say 863 years old, she might be offended, but um, she is old. And, uh, but when she passes away and she has a funeral, you know, in the old days they would say, would anybody have, like to say anything about the deceased? And if they do, and I tell you, there'll be droves of people that come forward. Her funeral will be packed, and I'll lead the front of the line. And I'll say, hey, let me tell you what Miss Evelyn did for me. And there'll be another one that says, let me tell you how Miss Evelyn gave for me. Let me tell you how Miss Evelyn sacrificed for me. Let me tell you what Miss Evelyn did for me. Why? Because good intentions don't leave great legacies. She lived the life that God called her to live and loved others. This is what a legacy looks like. A legacy is not about stuff. It's defined by stories. Legacy is not defined by stuff. It's defined by stories, stories of life change, of what we did to make a difference. Love God, love people, and reach the lost. God sent us into our schools, our workplaces, our neighborhoods, on purpose, for purpose, to reach the lost. If we do our part, God will do his part. Can I tell you this morning? I'm a link in Miss Evelyn's legacy. She changed my life. Because she wanted to make a difference. There are people all over the United States and the world that went through her classroom. And parents of students who went through her classroom that their life was changed and they became a link in her legacy. The legacy of my family changed because somebody invested in me. Can I tell you today as I love my family... And as I reach my family, and I say, yes, can I tell you today, my dad, before he passed away years ago, accepted Jesus Christ into his life on his deathbed. My mom today, great testimony, loves the Lord, involved in church. Miss Evelyn is actually discipling my mom today. Miss Evelyn has my mom in prayer meetings every Tuesday. Miss Evelyn takes her to church and has her part. Why? Leaving a legacy. But my kids will be a part of my legacy, but not only my legacy, they're a part of Miss Evelyn's legacy because our legacies are linked together because she made a difference in me. Can I tell you, every person I minister to is a part of my legacy, but they're also a part of Miss Evelyn's legacy because she's the one that reached me. Can I tell you today, every building that we build, every person that goes through there and finds hope in Jesus Christ through a building is a part of my legacy because I played a little part in that. But they're also a part of Miss Evelyn's legacy. You guys so seed into us, into our ministry, so every building we build is a part of our legacy, but it's also a part of your legacy because every person that walks through that building receives Jesus because you sow seed. 
Our legacy grows beyond us. Can I tell you today that it started with one little link that Miss Evelyn, for me, spreads to my family. It spreads to every teenager over 17 years of student ministry. It spreads to every person we've reached on a mission trip. It spreads to every person in our city that we ever did an outreach for. It spreads to every person that anybody that we've reached reached. Our legacy grows way beyond we could ever imagine. Why? Because it's not about us and it's not about good intentions. It's about doing what God's called us to do and being who God's called us to be with our life. What kind of legacy do you want to leave with your life? This isn't about me and my wife will tell you in this moment. I don't ever do this, but what a great spirit in this church. And we love the heart in this church. And we love what you do around the world. And we love that today there's a challenge to give up one day, one salary, so that we can reach around the world. And they said, go home and pray about it. And I, I encourage you to do that. But I can I tell you, I don't have to pray about it today, babe. We're going to sow into that. We're, we're taking the challenge, and I don't know what our income is, but can I tell you, and Pastor, I'll commit to you today, we'll send you a check for $500. I'm going to send $500, and that's going to be $1,000 because there's a match for it. That's not about me. I don't say, I've never done that in another service. Go watch every service we've done. I did that because God spoke to me today to do that. God's speaking to your heart today to do something for the kingdom, whether it's the one day or whether it's giving your life, whether it's giving your time, your talents, your treasures, whether it's coming up in a mission trip, whether it's serving on a worship team, whatever it is, everything that you do, every person that sings up here and every person that sits out here and experiences the presence of Jesus, these people become a part of their legacy because they're using what God gave them to usher in the presence of God so lives can be changed. So this is what I want to ask you today, and I want you to remember good intentions don't leave great legacies. Love God, love people, and reach the lost. Love God, love people, and reach the lost. So today I want to ask you, and, and, and sometimes we get in church and we bow our heads, and I do it. I, I, I just don't feel it today. Today I want to ask you, you know, all of us at times things become good intentions in our life, but... I'm not saying it's become a good intention for you. I'm asking you to make a commitment in this moment. If today in this room you would say, hey, I'm going to love God with all of my heart. It's going to be a part of who I am. I'm not going to bow heads. I'm not going to close eyes. We're not going to do this privately because it's not anything to be ashamed of. We're all sitting here and my hand goes up first. If, if today you say, hey, I don't want it to be a good intention in my life, I, that I want to love God with all of my heart today, if that's you, would you just raise your left hand where you are, your left hand where you are? If you say, hey, today, I don't want it to be a good intention that I'm going to love others, would you raise your right hand today? And if today you would say, I don't want it to be a good intention, but I want to reach the lost with whatever God's given me, whatever talents, abilities, gifts, finances, whatever that looks like, whatever he asked me to do to reach the lost, I will. Would you stand to your feet right where you are today? I believe, I believe in responding to the word of God. And today, that's your response in this house is saying, yes, I'm going to commit to that. If you don't mean it, sit down. There's nothing to be ashamed of in that either. That's where you are. But if you mean it, you stood. There's an army standing before us today that can reach this city. There's an army standing before us today that can reach the world. And we want to say thank you for your heart and what you're doing. But we also want to know that you today are making a commitment to say no more good intentions. 
But we're going to leave a great legacy with what God has given us with our life. Father, in the name of Jesus, you see your army standing before you. Father, I pray for your anointing upon their lives. God, I pray for your anointing to continue upon this church even greater than it is to make an influence in a community that needs to know about you. May lives and hearts be changed forever. In the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, we pray for your blessings over this house. Father, continue an influx of people that need to hear the gospel, an influx of people that are reached by your people right here, an influx of people, Father, that need to know you and need their lives and their hearts to be changed forever. And Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, the strong and mighty Son of God, we thank you in advance for the harvest that's coming forth through this army. God, we thank you in advance for the harvest that's coming forth through this body. Lord, we thank you in advance because lives around the world are changed because of those that said, hey, it's not about me, but I want to fulfill that craving and that desire that God has put in my heart. And Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, the strong and mighty Son of God, we thank you and we praise you and we bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Legacy linked. What a powerful word, man. Thank you so much for your ministry today. Kelly and I are here today because if you walk out into the great room out there, you'll see these black and white pictures at the very front. Her mom, as an eight-year-old, walked to that church. My grandfather, as a young man, would help set up the tent before they built the tabernacle, before they built the auditorium. And the man that planted that church, his name was A.G. Gar, received a baptism of the Holy Spirit at Azusa Street in California in the early 1900s. Legacy linked is a now word for us. And as I look around, we use the word army all the time because that's what we are. I don't want any of you to just roll over and let the devil have his way in your heart, your life, your family. He's a liar. And in Jesus' name, it's time the church of God arise and stand like we have the authority that has been given to us through the power of the cross and the resurrection. Don't forget this week. It's missions week. It's, it's the little sliver of time that we take in the course of our year. Pastor Mike, what I'm believing for is, is the money makes ministry happen. And can I just tell you, this guy knows how to spend money. But I'm, I'm thankful for you. My first job in ministry was at a little church in South Carolina right alongside this guy. And he took that little Bible college student and told him what to do, what not to do. And we found each other years later. And I wouldn't have any other guy any other family in this role. Brother, you're changing the world because of what God's placed in your heart. Not too much. Not too much. And this is the first time for us too that a missionary said, I'm sowing into the kingdom work. Thank you for your obedience. I know it's stoking many people's hearts right now. He flipped the script on us. 
but I have a solution. God is good, and he is so ready to use us to do amazing things before Jesus comes. And he is coming soon. Amen? This week is Missions Week. Tomorrow night, it would make this pastor's heart so happy to see many of you join us for Monday evening prayer. We have it every week. But tomorrow night, we're going to pray over these missionaries. 7 o'clock to 8 o'clock. Come and join, and let's see what the power of prayer can do. Because, friend, let me tell you something. It doesn't matter what you do. If you don't support it with praying in the beginning, it's not going to go. Amen? Let's pray. Let's pray for these missionaries. Tuesday evening is young adults. So you old folks, you can't go. Young adult bridge ministry, a missionary's coming. Pastor Mike gets to go because he's the missions guy. But it's an awesome ministry time on Tuesday evening for the young adults in the room. Please come. And then, of course, Wednesday morning at 11, our greater years group will have a mission speaker Wednesday night. On your bulletin, there's a QR code. You can click with your phone. It'll show you the schedule. Take your bulletin home so you can keep up. Can you guys just, Pastor Mike, would you come? I want you to pray over these three missionaries that are here today. Would you guys come, please? I'm going to let Pastor, Pastor Mike close us out in prayer. Come on up, you guys. We want to honor missionaries. My, my father told me I better never let a missionary buy me nothing <laughs> because we honor you guys. Pastor Mike, would you close us out in prayer? And friends, would you reach ahead here? We're going to pray for God's anointing on these wonderful missionaries. Lord God, we just thank you. for the blessing it is to partner with missionaries all over the world. And we thank you for Dave Cartwright, Dave and Amy. And we just thank you for their lives. We thank you for the legacy they've already left, but it hasn't stopped. That it's going to continue in a greater way. The link they have all over the Carolinas, all over California, but in Costa Rica. And right now, I just pray, we pray, we lift up Dave and Amy up to you, we just pray you'd refresh them, that you'd renew them, and we know you have far greater in store in the months and the years to come. And we pray your vision in their minds and hearts in the name of Jesus. Lord God, we lift up Jimmy, Dina, we just thank you for this couple. We believe that whatever you have spoken to them, that you have far greater legacy than what you're going to do through their lives. Lord, we believe in that as a partner with our church and other churches, that they're going to speak and it's going to touch the hearts of churches all over the Carolinas, all over we just pray that the work ahead will be bigger than they, what they see, but you will give them all they need to accomplish it. And we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. Amen. Amen.